Welcome to the Hardwood Hogs podcast. I'm your host, Mason Cho, joined by JC Hoops, Jackson Collier. You know him well, and uh, we're very, very thankful to have Jackson on with us on the podcast, to have him as part of the team over at hogbeat.com. Go to hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com, for all of the best Arkansas athletics coverage out there. A lot of great stuff going on. Jackson released the top 10 greatest Razorback basketball players of all time on Tuesday. And let's just go ahead and say, like, everybody was happy about it. I don't think I saw one person or maybe a former player that was upset about it. So I think that overall your list was a success, Jackson. Yeah, it was It was a wild success. It was really cool because, you know, I, been, I worked so hard on it and put a lot of time and effort into it. And it was 100 players that I ranked in order and – you know, I had plenty of people throughout the entire release process doing one a week, like saying, oh, I can't believe this guy's here. Wow, well, he's higher than I would have thought. And um, the debate has always been really fun. Uh, and then the top 10, like I knew going into that, that I was never, I, I wasn't going to win because everybody's like, oh, there's team Corliss, there's team Todd Day, there's team Sidney Moncrief. But outside of one or two instances, most of it was just good, fun debate. And I really enjoyed hearing that. And I think my favorite response that I got from a lot of people was like, oh, you know, this list really made me think about players I had not thought about in a long time. And it brought back some really great memories and that, that made me feel good too. So it was, it was really fun. I really enjoyed putting it together and really enjoyed the dialogue that came with it. Well, it was always cool to see like the actual players on the list interact with it as well. Like Bobby Portis quote tweeted it yesterday, said that he was just kind of blessed to be on a list like that. Um, We saw Rodney Clark who, you know, I, I posted, the day that we were dropping the edition with Rodney Clark in it and asked like, where do you think Rodney Clark should rank? And there were a lot of people that were really mad and understandably. So like I get it, I was upset when Rodney Clark left, but he, he, he took it well. And he was like, you know, I, I met my wife in Fayetteville. I have a great memories of Fayetteville. So it's just cool to see all those former players interact with it. I think that the one the one thing that I saw the most that people wanted to change was just flip Corliss and Sydney one and two. I think that that was the big thing. Do you want to kind of give a little, go a little bit more into your decision there? Yeah. So, I mean, it was obviously really hard ranking players that I didn't get to see play. And one of my, one of the biggest things that people said was, Oh, well, you, you weren't alive. You didn't get to see Sydney Moncrief play. You didn't get to see how good he was for Eddie Sutton and for Arkansas. And that's completely valid and fair. Um, when I was compiling the list and, you know, doing initial research and doing my initial rankings and stuff, I, I edited and changed numbers around a lot. And there was multiple times where I had Sydney number one and I switched him and Corliss back and forth. I ended up changing it four or five times before I stuck with the order. And the reason that I ended up sticking with Corliss was because, you know, he's a two-time consensus All-American most outstanding player in the NCAA tournament, NCAA tournament champion, um, almost two-time NCAA tournament champion. You know, he went to the the championship game the very next year after winning it. So, I mean, taking those factors in consideration, like when, when you're looking at a, a Razorback career, which is what the, the, the ranking list was about, was, you know, the best players in Razorback history, their Razorback careers – 
winning a national championship and almost winning a second one and being a consensus All-American twice and an SEC player of the year. Like I've weighed those factors very heavily in choosing and ultimately choosing Corliss. But like I said, it was not an easy decision. And I almost had uh, Sydney there, but he ended up second. You know, it's it's fair enough. And you're right about talking about how you didn't watch them play like a lot of people did. But one thing that you did do that I don't think a lot of people know about is you reached out to a lot of journalists who not only, you know, covered some of these guys, but watched them a lot. You talked to a lot of people to try to get their ideas and their thought process on the list as well. So it wasn't just you looking at stats and then saying, okay, well, this guy has better stats or accolades. You know, you reached out to the people who actually watched them. So for those who didn't know that, you know, Jackson, when he says that he did his research, he did it. And uh, it it was a fun list. A lot of people enjoyed it. And uh, I'm glad that we were able to do it. I'm glad you were able to do it, Jackson. So let's get I'll into have, I'll do more lists now. We'll start with the all-time football players next. That's that's a joke. We'll see. We'll see. That that one might you might catch a little bit more flag for football just because it's football, but I think I'm I don't know. I'm not we're not gonna get into that. This is a basketball podcast. So uh, let's get moving on with that before we start up. Uh, what's going on with the Hogs? Want to remind you about our presenting sponsor, and that is Dead Soxie. In the spirit of giving this holiday season, Dead Soxie is giving 10 lucky winners $700 in Dead Soxie premium dress socks plus a $300 Dead Soxie gift card, all inside their sleek luxury briefcase. These are legit socks, awesome socks. They sent us at Hogbeat, they sent the Hogbeat team uh, boxes filled with their socks. We're all wearing them. And uh, we love them. We love Dead Soxie. You can keep the prize for yourself or you can give it to someone special as a holiday gift. And it will be in your hands before Christmas Day, before the 25th. All the socks are individually packaged, so you can even choose to keep a few and gift a few. What you got to do to enter is go to deadsoxie.com, go to the giveaway, enter your name and email address, and work your way down to the action list to boost your entry by sharing with friends and family. And you can also join their insider list there. And more winners will be announced on December 16th. So go to deadsoxy.com, find the giveaway, and you can possibly win $700 in socks and a $300 gift card. Incredible socks. Awesome stuff. And also, for our listeners only and for Hogbeat subscribers, this is all you get. If you're listening to this podcast, you get this deal. Go to deadsoxy.com at checkout. Use code HOGS, H-A-W-G-S, and you'll get 30% off and free shipping on all orders. There's no minimum. This deal is not available to the general public. This is only for listeners of the Hardwood Hogs podcast and subscribers to hogbeat.com, so take advantage of that as well. Deadsoxy.com. Thank you to Deadsoxy. We love Deadsoxy. All right, Jackson, this basketball team, they got revenge on Oklahoma. Um, I think that was a good win for the team, especially you know the game after losing Trevin Brazil, who's out with an ACL injury for the entire season unfortunate you hate it for trevin you hate it for this team he was a big part of the team his draft stock was growing you know game after game but now they got to figure out how to win without him and they got step one out of the way and that was the first game after and they won without him what what were your overall thoughts you know it's really tough to lose such a vital part of the team and and you know just move on from it um Trevin Brazil was the sixth man off the bench playing almost 30 minutes a game. Like you said, his, his draft stock was booming. It was climbing. He's playing really well. He spaced the floor. He was shooting 38% from three. 
explosive around the rim and a rim protector as well on the other end of the floor. Um, you know, we talked last week uh, about what happens. Like, what what do you do to replace those minutes and replace that production? And the first thing I said last week was you're going to have to give Makai Mitchell more minutes. And that's what they've done. Um, when Trevin went down uh, with the injury in that game, uh, Makai ended up finishing that, that game with 32 minutes. Um, and then against Oklahoma, played like 24 minutes, I, I believe. Let's see. He played 22 minutes. minutes. Uh, 22 minutes against Oklahoma. Yeah. That's, that's and, fine. I got, I got 21 and a half, but it's fine. You know, you're oh, wrong. Okay. I'm right. It's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> But anyway, you, you give him more minutes because going into uh, or even after he played 32 the on the game that uh, that Brazil got injured, he was averaging 18 minutes a game. So he, he's increased his minutes each of the last two. He's been very productive. Um, you know, his stat line against Oklahoma was just it was incredible, honestly. I mean, it was 10 points, six rebounds, four assists, um, two blocks and a steal, zero turnovers, only two personal fouls. Um, and even... 10.6 rebounds doesn't exactly jump off the page necessarily, but when you watch him play, he is the best interior defender that Arkansas has had in, in a long, long time. He was a, an immovable object in the post. Um, he really made Tanner Groves uh, not have fun. <laughs> he shut Tanner Groves completely down. He would not let Tanner Groves back him down. He would guard on the perimeter. He switched off of off – of, uh, or he, he would switch off on a guard and he forced a turnover on the perimeter. Um, really, really good defender. And he defends without fouling. He only had two personal fouls. Uh, and that that's the first thing that needed to happen was Makai Mitchell to get more minutes and to step up. And he did just that. And also you had Jordan Walsh. Uh, you know, he he shot, he was two for five from three. He, he scored 12 points. He played his normal, really good defense and high effort. So when you have more minutes and, and efficient productivity from Makai, you had Jordan Walsh stepping up. That really helps a lot with with what the team needed to replace. It's still not you're still not replacing what Chevin Brazil brought, but you're at least easing the blow, and you still have such a talented roster that you know if you have other guys step up. I mean, just taking on bigger roles, you you can kind of ease the burden a little bit, and that's what happened. And hopefully that can continue to happen. But I was really impressed for the first game uh, without Brazil that. You know, you're going against another uh, high major conference opponent. Um, you are going up on a neutral floor against a team that had your number last year, and you win pretty handily. Arkansas took a lead in the halftime. Uh, they were up three at half, and they never lost that lead. So and they ended up winning by double digits. So I was very impressed with how that ended up happening and how they responded. Yeah, Makai Mitchell was part of really my favorite two plays of the game against Oklahoma, and it was where he would he would go up there at the top of the key, and then Nick Smith would do that little back cut, and yeah, I mean it was there both times, perfect, beautiful basketball, um, and it just came from Makai coming up there, you know, set a screen, then getting the ball, and then just throwing it to a wide open Nick Smith, and he's really become a, a threat offensively. I love his aggressiveness down in the paint. He'll back guys in and turn around, and he he's just. He he keeps the mistakes to a minimum. Like he limits mistakes, and that's what you want from a guy like that. I as you mentioned, you know the the defense there in the post. That's something that they haven't really had, and they haven't had this kind of size either. But you know to have the size to go along with, you know he's an elite defender, and you also see him 
you know, offensively giving you what you need, 10 points, you know, that's that's great from a guy like Makai Mitchell. So I like him. Jordan Walsh. This was I don't know, I don't know. It's it's weird to kind of call it like a breakout game for Jordan Walsh, but we've talked about how Jordan Walsh is raw and you know, there was just a few things that you needed to see him piece together. Maybe it's starting to click with him, especially without Trevin Brazil. You know, Jordan Walsh, a guy that you're going to have to rely on. But this is kind of more of the Jordan Walsh that we were looking for, kind of like you talked about. And so if you can have him step up like that, along with what you're going to be getting from Nick Smith, who did leave the game late, he said he said in the press conference on Wednesday that he's fine. He just had some things going on that he had to take care of. So I don't know what that is. I don't want to speculate on that. But it's good to hear that Nick Smith Jr. is okay and – he should be fine going into this game against Bradley in North Little Rock on Saturday. You're going to be there, Jackson. You're going to be covering for us. And uh, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, you're a you're a Central Arkansas guy like myself, but I'm also a pro don't play games in Central Arkansas guy. So where do you stand on that? Man, I don't want to be too controversial because you say you say something about playing games in War Memorial, playing games in Little Rock, and people will come for you. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, it seems like recently, especially uh, for a while, Arkansas hasn't really played its best basketball at. Uh, I don't even remember what what it's called now. Simmons Bank, Altel, Verizon, Simmons Bank. Those are the those are the last three names of it, I believe. It went Altel, then Verizon, now it's Simmons Bank. Okay, it is Simmons Bank now. Couldn't remember if it changed again, but okay. So it's Simmons Bank Arena. That arena has not been kind to Arkansas. You know, growing up, I was at the game where they lost to Appalachian State. Um, that was not a fun game. Um, last year lost to Hofstra, uh, snuck out a win in Muss's first year with a AGO Bailey block. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Brad- Bradley's a pretty good team. Um, in my uh, non-conference preview piece, I, I kind of previewed Bradley as one of the bigger, uh, tests as far as the, you know, low major or mid-major conference opponents go. Um, think they were projected to win their conference and all that sort of stuff. They have a good roster. They're shooting 35% from three right now. Um, it's going to be a test. I don't think, I don't think people are going to, um, see a blowout. I don't know if fans are going to expect a blowout. I think fans are kind of jaded with the whole Little Rock um, games or North Little Rock, North Little Rock games. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, as far as Central Arkansas games go, though, in general, I don't hate them. You know, I, I grew up, I was at the Miracle on Markham, both of them, actually. So, you know, those will always be really fond memories I have. Uh, but at the same time, I can also understand like not wanting to continue it because the stadium is kind of old and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, but I, I don't want to take an unofficial stance on pro or, or con, but I've enjoyed Little Rock games and North Rock games so far, and I can understand why they wouldn't continue. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've made my stance on it pretty clear. I, I grew up in central Arkansas in Conway and I, I think that the games in Little Rock, you know, War Memorial is one thing, but when they're playing at Dickey Stevens and when they're playing at Simmons Bank Arena, the if you can't televise it, you don't need to be playing there. That's my big thing. Like, it, I wouldn't feel as confident about don't play there if they were televising the game. So I that's I think it's unacceptable that they can't televise the game. I 
but that's 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 my thing. Um, so getting more onto the uh, what what happens on the court. Um, as far as this game goes, you mentioned Bradley. Their quad two opportunity as far as the net goes, and uh, that would be Arkansas's second quad two game because Oklahoma was also one. They played two quad one games. I I actually didn't see where Creighton was ranked today, but I know Bradley was ranked number seventy in the net. Uh, Creighton was fifty when I checked last. Are you looking right now, Jackson? Because if they keep moving down, if they move down one more spot to fifty one, then they turn into a quad two game for Arkansas. Do you have you found it yet? You found it. They are forty eighth. Forty eighth. Okay, they moved up, so they're still a quad one loss. And then they have the quad one win against San Diego State. But, yeah, this Bradley team, you know, it's it's one thing when you were playing a Hofstra team last year, which you shouldn't have lost to, but you did. Now you're playing, like, you know, a Bradley team, a mid-major that's actually good, you know, in Little Rock. So that's two things that don't go well together, playing Little Rock and playing a team that's pretty good as a mid-major. So, But one thing Nick Smith talked about was they don't want to, you know, keep – the the feeling of games in Little Rock how it is they want to go show that you know this it doesn't matter we're we're gonna win no matter who we play so uh, I like what I'm hearing from Nick Smith I like what I'm seeing from Nick Smith and he's really putting to bed all of those rumors of you know this guy just wants to go to the NBA he doesn't care about playing at Arkansas he has that passion Jackson and I I think that we're only going to see him continue to get better and I think that it's awesome that he has the passion to play for the team and he's not just focused on the NBA like a lot of people thought he was yeah I mean going on your your first comment too if there is a Razorback team who is going to handle business in Little Rock I would think it's this team as talented as it is and and the the work ethic we've seen and how hard they play and the emotion that they play with I feel like this is this roster in particular is going to be a team that takes care of business in North Little Rock um talking about Nick though Man, I love how emotional he is on the court. I mean, he is fired up. He is fiery. I mean, he and Muss almost have that same kind of just energy about themselves. They get pumped up over anything. They, It's it's almost like he has a natural leadership quality within his energy. And it, it's great to see, and I, and I love it. Um, and he's mentioned multiple times in different press conferences or interviews or whatever, talking about, you know, loving the Razorbacks and being an in-state kid. And and like you said, they want to put the the, the Little Rock hesitancy, whatever, uh, to bed. And, you know, he wanted to play for the Razorbacks. And he's going out there and playing with insane effort and energy, even when he hasn't been 100% healthy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he really put to bed any sort of idea of, oh, well, he, he just wanted to be a draft pick. You know, he's going to sit out for an extended period of time or the whole year and and all that sort of stuff he was injured he's getting better slash got better and now he's playing and putting up 21 plus points and it's it's incredible and the way he's doing it um you know I, I i've had some friends text me like oh i would like to see a little bit more out of out of nick smith or um you know i, I wish he was more um dominant at this point if if we're talking about him being a, a top five draft pick um my buddy Andrew actually texted me said you know I could see I could see him being a 10th to 15th range in the draft but don't think he's quite there yet and my response is he it was his third game back and he put up over 20 points 
and he was he was one for five from three, but I think he was nine for fifteen or something uh, from the field, and finishing uh, at the rim and hitting his free throws, playing pretty solid defense for the most part, outside of a few uh, miscues and lapses here and there. But like, he's still getting in game shape. He's still getting a hundred percent, and he's still scoring twenty points. So I'm. I am more than pleased with where he's at. I love his passion, his energy, and just everything about how he plays the game. Yeah, I mean, like you said, this dude, is he's only scraping the surface of what he can actually do. And, I mean, he said it himself after every game is that he's got to get better defensively. That's kind of what you've seen has been his weak point of his game was his defense. There's been a couple times where he's gotten, you know, given up a blow by, but he he know the fact is he recognizes it and he talks about it in the post game like you know yeah i scored 20 points or whatever but my defense has to get better so he's going to work on that but i mean he's already getting national recognition he was co sec freshman of the week he was the uh us basketball writers association national freshman of the week dick vitel named him his diaper dandy star of the week so he's already getting that you know recognition for what he's doing on the court and it's only going to get better for this Arkansas team. Before we move on, want to remind you about Bet Saracen. Bet Saracen is the official mobile sports gambling app of hogbeat.com. We are partnered with them. Every week we do a story breaking down the lines, odds, player props, specials, and we give our picks for the game over on Bet Saracen. So download it on the the Google Play Store or the App Store, Bet Saracen. It is the mobile sports gambling app for the Saracen Casino Resort. A lot of great stuff over there, and uh, I love Bet Saracen. I did, I did lose a bet thanks to at Porkshank Redemption over on Hogbeat.com. He he said put the farm on Alabama minus seven and a half against Memphis, and uh, that didn't work out. So thanks, Porkshank. Um, I will be having my attorney, who is also my co-host on this podcast, uh, send you a letter in the mail. But uh, yeah, Bet Saracen, we'll have our stuff up there for the game over at hogbeat.com. The game on Saturday, we'll have that stuff with Bet Saracen, and we appreciate them. Before the game against Oklahoma, I told people on the message board over at hogbeat.com, I mean, Nick Smith Jr. over 14 and a half points seems like free money to me. And sure enough, it was free money. So that's what you get for subscribing to hogbeat.com. Um, but yeah, Bet Saracen. Love Bet Saracen. Go download it. All right. Ricky Council Jackson. I, I feel like he's just quietly having like an incredible season. Like we know how good he is. We see his plays. You see the numbers, but 26 points against Oklahoma. Eric Musselman struck gold once again in the transfer portal with a lot of guys, but especially Ricky Council. I mean, he's just having an incredible season. And I think it's overshadowed by the freshmen, you know, like, and not to the fault of the freshman or anything. It's just, I feel like if, if, if you didn't have a guy like Nick Smith or a guy like Anthony black or a guy like Jordan Walsh, Ricky council will probably get, be getting more attention. Don't you think? Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where this whole roster is almost like, it, obviously it's full of really good players and a lot of talent. And all the pieces are getting like pretty decent coverage and attention and stuff, but it, it, it almost does feel like, you know, Oh, well the three McDonald's all Americans and 
Yeah, it make it kind of makes sense. It's like when when's the last time Arkansas signed three McDonald's All Americans? How how often do programs in general sign three McDonald's All Americans? Oh, they're all starting. Uh, oh, they're all producing, so they're all playing at a high level. And wow, look at Anthony Black shooting forty percent from the three point line. And oh, Nick Smith is already putting up over twenty points. And oh, jo- okay, now Jordan Walsh is scoring twelve points, and he has over a seven foot wingspan playing defense at six seven. So it's like. Yeah, you're going to talk about those guys because they're athletic freaks and they're very talented and they came with a lot of hype and notoriety. And I think people have talked about Ricky Council a lot, too, because it, it it's impossible not to. He's averaging 19 over 19 points a game, three assists, three rebounds, a positive assist to turnover ratio with that with the ball in his hands a lot, creating play. Some of the some of the plays he makes, it's just. I, I don't I lost count already at how many in-game reverse dunks he's done through traffic, but it's at least three. And it is rather insane to say the least. I mean, those the degree of difficulty on those dunks is is so, so high. And it, it's it, yeah. It I I love Ricky's game so much. He is explosive, he is entertaining, he is very talented. Um, I mean, there I think there was one stretch in the Oklahoma game where um or one sequence where he got the ball passed up to him i can't remember who it was maybe anthony black and he caught it like at the free throw line and kind of turned around to catch it and then turned back to face the basket and his first bounce he so he runs in like almost runs into a defender his first bounce is behind the back sidestep all in one motion and then takes it to the rim around the defender doesn't take any contact just an easy finish and it's just like an insane play and then there I tweeted out to during the game every single game so far this year there's been a span where Ricky just takes over like he'll, he'll score seven 10 12 in a row unanswered points like and not miss a shot it seems like every single game he has done that um and he did it when Arkansas needed him to most against Oklahoma at the end of the first half when they finally took the lead and then ended up winning the game but yeah he he is getting a lot of attention probably deserves a little bit more, but everybody's going to have to pay attention to the whole roster this year. Yeah. I mean, the guy leads the SEC in scoring. He just does. And that's, that alone is a, a feat that is hard to get. And, you know, you look at him in, in the games, you're talking about it, all the incredible plays he's making his, he's got that clutch being able to just flip the switch and take over Arkansas has him. They have Nick Smith, who could probably do that. We saw in Maui, Anthony Black can do it at times. This team has so many go-to scores that can make a play happen that it's going to be clutch come March. But they got two more non-conference games until SEC play starts up, and then they'll have one more against Baylor uh, in January. But this team right now, I think that they're further along than any team Eric Musselman has had to this point in a season. I think that getting the win over Oklahoma is huge. And you got to get a win over Bradley to break that North Little Rock thing as well. I will say, I want to go on the record with this. <laughs> okay. I really do believe that Anthony Black, Nick Smith, and Ricky Council is the best backcourt in college basketball. I, I, don't, I, I, mean, I will I, go on record and say that. I think that's fair. I, I don't know if I would feel confident enough in saying that because I haven't watched, you know, every team play. But, I mean, like, do you do you think that you've watched enough college basketball and, like, looked at the stats enough to 
say that, you know, yeah, I 100% believe in this? I have not, but I also don't think it matters. I the the way Ricky Council is leading the SEC in scoring, like you said, Anthony Black in Ma- just took over in Maui and was averaging over twenty points a game in Maui, and then Nick Smith enters the fold and in three games. Well, I mean, if I mean technically he's con- like when you look at his stats, it's counting the six minutes he played in his debut coming back from injury, and even including that, he's averaging fifteen points a game. I mean, it's. If if it's not the best backcourt overall, it's the best scoring backcourt at the very least. No, I I don't think that that's too bold of a statement to make. I think that that is probably is it. It's they're very close. They got to be top five for sure. So, um, it's they're fun to watch, dude. They're so fun. Every Eric Musselman team has been fun to watch, but just all of the talent this one has. You got my guy Makai Mitchell just tearing it up in the paint. Kamani Johnson's fun to watch. Devo Davis, you know, he does his thing, elite defender. I mean, you're talking about a team that just up and down, incredible. What stinks is that, as we mentioned, you know, everybody knows about it. Trevor Brazil out for the rest of the season. Might have the play in college basketball, like the best play in college basketball so far this season. And you don't get to watch that guy anymore the rest of this year. It stinks. But they got the depth. They they got to figure out this game against Bradley and Little Rock. And I think, you know... The thing about Eric Musselman teams is that no matter what is going on early on in the season, you know that they're going to figure it out down the stretch. So the fact that they're figuring it out now um, is huge. I mean, they have the chance to be really, really good. I mean, and we know that, but I'm talking like historically good, even as far as Arkansas standards go. So it's going to be fun to watch. Well, and it's one of those things too where – right before the season started, right after the season started in the early periods, Musselman was talking about how much he still needed to see the team improve. And, you know, how much, like, oh, we need to get better defensively. Oh, the offense isn't quite there yet. Oh, we're sometimes we're having to go back and, and reteach things. And we have no reason to doubt Musselman on, on saying any of that. Like, that seems very logical, reasonable, and no reason for him to lie about something like that especially when you have 11 new players on the roster. And if you take that at face value and you think that's true, which I do, and you're already playing this high level basketball this early with this many freshmen and 11 newcomers, like that, that is scary to think about if the head coach is even like, no, we still got a lot, a lot of work to do. And all right, they're already metric, like the metrics on them, their worst is the net and it's 23rd. Everything else is, top 10 top 15 on Sagarin BPI like all the the NCAA tournament metrics Ken Palm like all that sort of stuff and there's still room to improve that's scary absolutely uh ironically they Joe Lenardi in his last bracketology which I think it's been at least a week since he put it out he had Arkansas playing Bradley so uh could be a potential NCAA tournament matchup preview on Saturday, but it is on Saturday, 3 p.m. Central Time. It won't be on TV, so you got to go to hogbeat.com. Check out our coverage there. We will have Jackson there live. I will have a personal thing going on, and uh, Robert Stewart will be helping out as well. So make sure you're going to hogbeat.com to check that out. And before we leave, I want to remind you about our friends, as always, from myperfectfranchise.net. They are a proud sponsor of hogbeat.com. 
and the Hardwood Hogs podcast. So make sure you're going to myperfectfranchise.net if you are a displaced corporate executive and you want to put your career in your own hands. Andy Ledecky, he's a longtime franchise veteran. He's a Rivals member. He's owned multiple franchises and businesses, and he wants to help you do the same through a free and thorough consultation process. All you have to do is call him at 404-973-9901, and you will get set up with a consultation process. It is thorough. They'll take you through all the steps you need to do to become a franchise owner and make some more money. Put some more money in your pocket. Give him a call, 404-973-9901, or visit myperfectfranchise.net. All right, Jackson, appreciate the time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Once again, visit hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. Follow Jackson on Twitter, at Jackson Collier. Myself, I'm at Chote Mason on Twitter. And we'll talk to everybody next week on the Hardwood Hogs podcast.